and welcome everybody to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, episode 31. This is Thor, and this week I am here with... Fat Gamer Jeff. Doc. And Sasquatch Senpai. And this week, uh, we have a little bit of a shorter roster, but important things nonetheless. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the world's greatest update coming to Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. And Yeah, so originally... Is, yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that all developers everywhere need to listen and take note, because this is an important thing that needs to happen across the board. I mean, personally, I find just online achievements horrendous to begin with. But yeah, this is a good step mm-hmm. towards getting rid of them just being completely locked away forever for people who might be an achievement chaser or whatever. But uh, yeah, so Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor um, with the online services going offline, actually. Any achievements that were locked behind the online mode, which was mostly just uh, your enemies that kill you invading other uh, people in your friends list world. Um, You don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, Those achievements are now completely completable offline. No longer will you need to be connected to their servers, which is quite impossible at this moment. But you can achieve those now. Offline. I'll be talking about it a bit later, but uh, Cyberpunk is doing the same thing for Steam. You'll be able to get yes. uh, achievements on Steam in offline mode. See, that's... Oh. I wish more people would do... It's it's actually way more simple of a problem for that it... That it I, I get why some games they might want to make online achievements, but this is all you have to do. Just make options or even I would personally accept uh, even if at least for PlayStation trophies, it was if it was something like online trophies after servers closed, at least got moved into some category where they didn't affect your percent of comp- uh, trophies completed or like platinum trophies or anything like that, because I have at least three different games where I would have a platinum trophy were it not for these online uh these online trophies that i literally just can't get because i got the game after the servers had completely closed so i i'm just stuck never being able to get 100 percent or platinum on them and even if they just moved those into an area where it didn't affect the platinum trophy that would be uh, something But I think this is a great step that they're given an option to at least complete them. But I, I agree. Unless it's like a strictly online game, there's no need for online <laughs> achievements. It's just going to complicate things. Yeah, because you know what you're getting into with a online game, you're aware. But when you have some stuff when it's just, you know, a single player experience to begin with and you have achievements tied to specific online features, it's just kind of, you know, wonky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if there's a lot of online play with it, like even Call of Duty, I don't agree with having online trophies because there's plenty of offline play capability. Whereas like Final Fantasy fourteen, I of course those are all online trophies. It's an online game, and if if the server goes offline, then you can't get any of the trophies. The game's inaccessible. So it's that's the only place it makes sense. So 
owners of Hitman 2 on PC will get its levels free in Hitman 3 after all. Yeah, so what they're doing is, is that with Hitman 3 is actually really cool is they're bringing over Hitman 1 and 2 levels to 3. Um, just basically increasing the mass amount of games that you can play, the mass amount of game available to play. Um, one of the worries was that for some reason Hitman 2 on PC would not be getting this, but uh, IO Interactive, the developers behind Hit- the Hitman franchise, have clarified, in fact, that both 1 and 2 will be coming to the PC client as well. Um, this was mostly worried due to people perhaps having the games on different platforms and whatnot, uh, storefronts really for PC, but there's a workaround that they have in the process for that, um, all tied to your IO Interactive account, which you do need to play their games since they do have some, you know, also online services. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to log into my account and probably reset my password. <laughs> I've I've got all of the previous Hitman games. I've, I love them. They're great. But it's been a while since I've played them, so I'm kind of hyped for a, for a new Hitman. Yeah, I haven't played. I played them a lot when I was in high school, but not so much recently. I have them all from a lot of PlayStation Plus uh, giveaways, but cool. Well, that's exciting. Um, I mean, we have that new James Bond game coming as well. So, if you want to get an idea for what that might play like, go play a Hitman game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's also being created by IO. So, I remember nice. when I bought it off of LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> Bot or download? Bot? What? Did, wait, hold, stop. Everyone stop. <laughs> stop everything. Did you just fucking tell me that you paid money for something on LimeWire? No, after they sell credit card joke. information. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was a joke. Retards. <laughs> okay. Thank god. So far, they even know what the fuck LimeWire is. <laughs> I'd have been yes. more impressed if uh, someone recognized Kazaa. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember Kazaa. That, I could have said that too. I just I remember LimeWire. Oh, uh, what used was the... LimeWire more than Kazaa? What was the frog one? Uh, there was one that hold on. It was something with a uh, fuck. I don't know. There's something that always reminded the... me of a frog. I don't remember what it was now. Probably Kazaa. <laughs> no. The logo. Was oh, was weird. it? Was it logo like a lily pad? Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. the, I'm thinking of Kazaa then. Okay. So, um, next gym, <clears throat> next gen HAMR platters have promised 80 terabyte hard drive, uh, hard drives. So there's been apparently a breakthrough in uh, storage technology. Uh, a Japanese company called uh, Shawa Denko KK or SDK is the world's largest manufacturer of these hard drive platters, um, and they have announced that they've gone. Um, beyond what was possible before and are introducing 80 terabyte, <clears throat> 80 terabyte drives. Uh, so as things keep expanding, um, these are going to start hitting the market pretty soon. These are, of course, uh, I be- or, yeah, I believe they're SATA drives. I don't think they're solid state. It didn't say anywhere on there. But, they are not solid state. Yeah, I, I can't imagine solid state being at eighty. Uh, yeah, it'll so really it, work more than my car. It's it's almost <laughs> definitely a SATA drive, but it's um that's that's still awesome. You know, it's good to see that things that, that they're still somehow managing to write data smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, I I the it, it's I 
it's something about um, the way that they're cool heating and cooling the disc material to make it more susceptible to or receptible to magnetic effects, which allows the writing of the data to smaller regions. Um, and so you can increase the density per platter, but it's, um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. So um, anyone who's looking to get new hard drive, I would recommend doing that soon because once these start rolling out, then um, the 20 terabytes, things like that, will start dropping in price relatively quickly, and the 20s are still pretty new. So um, when things like this come out, I'm less excited about the technology and more excited in the price drop of the last group of technology. So at least when it comes to storage, I don't have any storage problems, generally speaking. And then on the same... But I mean, in four years, in four years, will that hard drive be large enough to hold Warzone? Oh, definitely. I mean, if it's solid state, <laughs> I think a solid state 80 terabyte might hold it in four years, but we'll see. How big is Warzone now? I haven't even fucking looked. I, I just don't look it's at like it. It's like 290 gigs or something. God, really that far off. Fuck. Dude, yeah, I just don't even look at it. It's out of sight, yeah, out of I mind. Bother. I just don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. So on that same topic on uh, hardware, though, uh, the first mini ITX NVIDIA uh, Ampere graphics cards are on the way. Yeah, so these aren't, like, really meant for really meant for gaming or anything they're more for like low profile small uh workstation type stuff like the little tiny <sighs> yeah ones that are like the size of a uh a little brick yeah just because anything anything too strenuous will cause it to overheat because if you take a look at the picture it is it is a tiny little bugger yeah. Um, it is dubbed the RTX 3060 it is a 12 gigabyte graphics card apparently though so um it's adorable. It does pack a punch, <laughs> but you don't want to run it too long. It'll definitely be good for a workstation where you, ha where you need like uh, multiple displays going at the same time. You have a few things running on each screen, but uh, yeah, it's a triple. It's a triple display. It offers triple displays, HDMI 2.1, um, a single eight pin power connector because there is only one fan in the card itself. But uh, it's also going to be only three twenty nine dollars. So if you oh. have a way to keep it cool, go for it. If you want to experience with it. Mm. Oh, you know that little docking station I got for my laptop? That's got something like this in there. I think not this one, obviously, but something similar. I think it has one inside of it because it can go into like six okay. displays. And it's just like this little cube that's literally like the size of a Rubik's cube that has a bunch of ports in it. And it's like a kind of like a docking station for a laptop, except you just plug shit into it. And then since we're on that beat of NVIDIA, one more topic with them is that they have quietly downgraded the G-Sync Ultimate HDR specification. Um, yeah, so they downgraded the specification change um this was they were including it originally to include new display technologies such as oled and edge fit lcds so um stuff that would generally use more power have more actual screen space and stuff like that thus needing more power itself um 
the G-Sync Ultimate Displays uh, will now have a smaller specification range, so they're not going to really need nearly as much to get along with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have a little worse hardware um, as long as it is G-Sync, uh, as long as your display does work with G-Sync Ultimate. More actual screen probably spaces. will work now at this range. Nice, nice. And this is also in response to a few third-party monitors uh, accidentally or falsifying that they are, in fact, G-Sync Ultimate, when, in fact, they might just be G-Sync. Mm, okay. So there just seem to be a lot of a lot of changes dealing with semantics around the hardware, um, the specifications, and all that sort of stuff around the G-Sync Ultimate tag. Gotcha. And then we have some gaming industry news with a new studio, and I'm going to let Sasquatch take this headline because he can pronounce these names much more respectfully than I can. Like people? Yeah. Uh, so Tomonobu Itagaki uh, is returning to the games industry with his new studio, Itagaki Games. Um, he is known for being the creator of both the Dead Alive and the 3D Ninja Gaiden series of games. Oh, um, nice. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. So he is the original head behind the old school. I think they're Platinum uh, team, uh, team Ninja. Yes. Yes. Okay, now. So we're going to be getting brand new IPs from him. Um, We don't know. I mean, who knows if it's going to be like an action stealth game like the Ninja Gaiden series has been, or if it's going to be a fighting game like Dead or Alive was, or maybe one of its multiple uh, very wholesome spinoffs like Dead or Alive (laughs) Beach Volleyball. Right. But uh, we'll be having new stuff coming from Itagaki himself, who is the creator of those uh, two, technically three, very different series of games. If they put That's one of those out, play in Bible school. listen. If they put one of those out, we need Jaff to stream it. That's that has to happen. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's exciting though. I love Ninja Gaiden. I'm stoked. I love Ninja Gaiden and the Dead or Alive games, and I think uh, Team Ninja works on Soul Calibur, don't they? I'm not oh, sure. Do they? I am I confusing them with something so. else? Oh, no, I think I'm just... No, I'm confusing them with something else. Never mind, never mind. But no, that's that's cool. Uh, let's see. So, Stalker 2 features 4K and ray tracing support, and it will be coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. <clears throat> so, yeah, Stalker 2 was one of the games announced... Um during the big Xbox reveal events last year. Uh, The original development team is now owned, is now a Microsoft studio. And I don't know, the uh, coming to Xbox Game Pass day one seems like it would be kind of a no-brainer considering all first-party games coming from Microsoft are going to be Games Pass day one generally, as well as available PC and console. But the big news here really is the 4K and ray tracing support, which would be a huge, huge advancement in the technology. And it's probably something they've been working on with their new engine this entire time. Mm. The uh, Stalker games were a very environmental type of game. Um, They kind of they had like horror, a little bit of like horror vibes here or there. And having ray tracing 
uh, will really help add to anything that's going on around you. It'll kind of help really set a mood for what they want in specific in a specific zone. Okay, yeah. Nice. But uh, if you haven't, I would check out the original Stalker games. I think Stalker and then Stalker Clear Skies. They're like Chernobyl survival horror games. I think... I've heard uh, good things about them. Uh, super hardcore. The huge steep learning curve, but I think it was vastly worth it. When's it coming out? Stalker 2? Uh, I don't think there's a release date on it oh, yet. Okay. Is, 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 Stalker, is the first one on uh, Game Pass? That I do not know, but they're also dirt cheap on Steam. Oh, well then, okay. They're also rather yeah. old, so they might look dated. There are mods for them that I would look oh, into as well, update them visually as well, and also just a few good quality of life fixes. That's, you know me, I, I don't really give a shit about graphics, so. Alright, so Rockstar developers uh, patent a new NPC tech, uh, potentially for GTA 6. Yep, so this is a discovered through a patent, as you said, from Take-Two. Um, and it really is just detailing a new system for managing NPC navigation as well. Uh, it explicitly detailed vehicle road routes and behavior, so how they drive mm. on road. Which, Ooh. if you've ever played an open world game, NPCs drive like complete fucking chuds. <laughs> And when you're dealing with a Rockstar game, specifically <laughs> series, there's a lot of driving going on. So any sort of thing to kind of make that more fluid and uh, realistic, or at least realistic to a point, would probably be really good to help with the immersion that you have going on in those games. Yeah. Uh, particularly noted was that they were going to be able to assign like specific characteristics to the NPCs on how they behave and how they drive. So there'll be a lot more variants rather than cops do this, civilians do this, uh, paramedics do this, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's essentially using small bits of AI to create a, uh, a way for them to virtually navigate through the world. So they'll essentially be like seeing it, responding to it in real time, anything that might happen, rather than just running over a random civilian that goes out of their way and gets in the way and it's not part of the just set up straight script. Following the path. Alright, so Apex Legends might be coming to Nintendo Switch very soon. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, but not crossplay, I'm guessing. That I'm not sure of, but Apex Legends accidentally leaked on their uh, Japanese Twitter account <laughs> that February 2nd, starting with Season 8, it would be available on Switch. So, um, I mean, there are multiple other games that are cross-platform with Nintendo Switch as well. Uh, some very popular ones. I think Fortnite's one of them. I believe Fortnite is. Uh, you have Rocket League and a few others. That uh, was, Dauntless. That was, um, more, so, that was more of a swing at Apex than in Nintendo. <laughs> oh, why is that? Because, because of the damn crossplay, dude. Like how terrible they've been with it. First of all, it took so long to get it. And then when they finally introduced it, it's like, oh, well, 
you know, we want to protect the controller players from the PC, uh, from the mouse and keyboard players. So unless you're on the same team as somebody playing with a controller, you're not going to run into controller players while you're playing with keyboard and mouse. There, I said it. They're trading controller players like they're babies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, I mean, really, for the switch, it just comes down to like how well it would perform. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. On the switch as well. Let's see what kind of detriment that would be. Um, but there are plenty of other games that are across platforms. So I don't see why the switch would be left out. It's not like it's bad hardware. The game would look significantly worse, I think, on switches hardware mm-hmm. than, say, the PC or even in a, a PS5 or Xbox Series X or S. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I can't I can't see them doing anything but cross platform play just because the player base would be so small and tiny. Yeah, it would be unplayable. That's that's true. So uh, Kingdom of Am- <clears throat> Amaler, is that right? Kingdom of Amaler? Al- I don't know. Kingdom of Amaler re-recording I, announced for Nintendo Amalur. Switch. Amalar. Amalar. Something like that. Kingdoms of Amular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kingdoms of Amular is a older RPG. Um, great. Was received very well by the player base and the re-reckoning was the inevitable like a remaster of it that was recently released but is now actually been announced for the nintendo switch as well and this will be launching on march 16th of this year um there is also a new trailer available for it as well um the re-reckoning remaster version uh, of the 2012 game itself was released last year on all the consoles so it's just another console that's going to hopefully hopefully it'll uh this will kind of spur a second game in the series because I think it's a really underrated series. Just and also the story behind the studio itself that developed it is kind of sad. So, and for what and for what they had to work through, what they did, and what they released, it's a massive, massive undertaking. And a, especially with how great the game itself was, it's yeah. another RPG. I think you should check out Rick uh, Thor. Oops, rip. It's without actually- Tommy here, one's got to dox you. <laughs> It's actually on my list because uh, you've recommended it before, so it's on my list of games to grab up if I find a good sale on it on my uh, Steam list. Yeah, I don't see how it should. It would probably go on sale quite a few times since it is just a remaster of an original game. It's not anything particularly new. So, Well, my, my thing is I generally only buy Steam games when they go on sale just because of the nature of it, so... But one of these days, I def- definitely want to check it out. Yeah, that's why I add them to the wish list and then get mm. the notifications. Yeah, and I it's like, what? It's still not $5? No way. <laughs> I I also have a site that'll help me track. Uh, it tracks previous sales. So I can tell like, oh, if it's 50% off, that sounds good. But if it's like almost always 70% off on this other sale, then I'll wait another two months. And so I use the site to track like, how much on sale they tend to go that way i know i'm getting the best deal i can i'm super cheap when it comes to buying games tag me too <laughs> so mortal combat player as a mortal combat player has been disqualified from a tournament for criticizing developers with a campy as shit name yeah so that wasn't his uh <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it was, not even uh, it's set, not even his right? player name. Yeah, it's yeah. his customized move set, <laughs> and it's not even Stupid. really like 
it not oh god it is so so stupid it's it's not I mean, even I, a real shot at at no at no it's just like here's something that was overlooked what i'm i'm sorry <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry i've developed games and if someone took a shot at me like that i would laugh and be like all right all right that's fair you know that's that's not something you get twisted over give me a break what what was the move sets to custom name I think it was like, why would NetherRealm Studios do this or something? But, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, why did NRS do this? I've I've made mechanics and <laughs> broken like them before and got too. way worse flack than that. Come on. The, uh, uh it was mid-range, too, and the, the announcers for the match really did not know how to respond. <laughs> and then when it came out, why qualified people had even less of an idea how to respond <laughs> those poor casters <laughs> uh titanium tiger the player who was uh disqualified from the game um did say uh quote it is it's the pro competition and i'm a competitive player i might hate how they do things but at the end of the day it's their game and i don't have any other options at so, least he's graceful about uh, it i mean that that will, uh, if if he tries to go on to other places, that's going to look good. You know what I mean? If he sat there and bashed and bashed and bashed them, then other um, tournament venues and organizations might be hesitant to take him as a player because, like, oh shit, if we fuck up and ban him, he might, ba-, you know what I mean? So he's taking it gracefully, and that that's good sportsmanship. I got to at least give him that, especially because he has the right to be pissed. Yeah, yeah, especially because um, they he, didn't even give him an option to like no. change. So he's they just they did. Yeah, that's they banned him mid match and the had to interrupt the match. Too. Yeah, the... to... yeah, no, he, oh, he has the right to oh, rage. The fact God. that he's taking it gracefully shows extremely good sportsmanship, and I hope that other organizations out there are paying attention to that. Cough, mm-hmm. uh, cough, Nintendo, mm. cough, cough. <laughs> So we can also cough Blizzard Activision in there as well. That's true. Yes, absolutely. So Valve, Capcom, and Bethesda have fined $9.5 million total for geoblocking PC games. What is geoblocking? I have not heard this term before. Geoblocking is when a company uh blocks a manner in which a consumer can purchase a game in a locale using a currency other than that locale's currency so like specifically here we have uh, say you're in germany if you're trying to purchase a game using the u.s dollar while in germany through a storefront and valve blocks it that is what they're being fined for mm, okay that happened to me when i was trying to buy a game for a friend in canada it was like you have to be using the Canadian currency in Canada to be able to buy the game to play in Canada. All right. Hmm. And so, who is it? So they've they've find they so so Valve, Capcom, and Bethesda are finding finding the actual game makers. Who are they finding? I'm I'm no um the EU anti the uh what is it the 
the EU oh, is okay. finding Valve, Bethesda, and a couple others because of their oh, anti okay. uh, because of the the oh, laws they're violating. The, oh, they've uh, been fired. EU digital okay. single market. Oh, I totally read that fucked up. I I'm I'm on track now. They have been fined nine point five million dollars. For some reason, when I read it, I thought it was implying that they were imposing $9.5 million worth of fines. So, uh, Gabe, I mean, they have to pay that much, but... Well, yeah, so, somewhere along the line. Um, Gabe Newell confirms the new Valve games are in development. Yes, so with the success of Half-Life Alex, um being a very being a you know rather large success as VR games go anyways uh Gabe Newell in an interview has stated that there is a kind of resurgence in the development of single player games within Valve Studios themselves woo so i mean uh aside from Half-Life i don't know what kind of uh, i guess Portal technically Portal does have the multiplayer spin-off as well from Portal 2 they don't really have too many sing, uh, first party single player games, but Valve also has just been very lax in any sort of game development recently. Anyways, uh, Alex being like the first game in like half a decade that they released. But uh, Gabe Newell himself, the head of Valve, did say that uh, with Alex's success and the momentum it is created, there is now momentum within their games development division for single player development. So maybe we'll finally get that long fabled half-life three. Nice. The myth. <laughs> I mean, Hey, we got the final fantasy seven remake. That is true. Oh, we will yeah. talk about a little bit in a moment, but before but Square Enix likes money more, I think. That... Yeah. That's... <laughs> Cause I think valve just makes money existing at this point. <laughs> yeah. They don't have, they just sit there. Square has to work for it. <laughs> Shit, Valve makes funny from Square. <laughs> Valve has a privilege of knowing me tax. Uh, yeah, it's like, hey, we have the largest <laughs> install base of any PC market. Okay, thanks, 30%. <laughs> and everyone happily takes it, honestly. <clears throat> so, um, Cyberpunk has received its 1.1 patch. Doc, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, that uh, dropped actually this afternoon. Um, I remember I looked this morning and I saw an article that said it had patch notes and release dates and it had none of those things and I was very angry. Uh, but then CD Projekt Red just went and dropped it today anyways. So <laughs> I'm quite a bit less frustrated about that article. <laughs> um, but they have put in quite a few changes and fixes. Um some uh, the stability improvements for the memory, uh, crash fixes related to loading saves, game opening and closing, and point of no return. Tons of quests and open world things fixed. Some UI fixes, graphic glitches fixes. Um, they've made it so that you can get achievements while in offline mode on Steam for PC. Um, the oversized game save uh bug has been fixed um i still came nowhere close to having a file that large so basically there were people who were using an item duplication trick of course and that was the cause of the game saves getting that big 
Um, beyond that, yeah, I don't think you could actually do it through a normal gameplay. Um, they got the perform some performance for PlayStation Four Pro and the PlayStation Five. Various crash fixes for the PlayStation Four base. Um, improved memory usage uh, for Xbox. And oh, there's some like specific to Stadia stuff. Huh, oh, I guess what Stadia is alive. What yeah. specific stuff for Stadia could there be? It just streams it from their servers, correct? Uh, concert audio should no longer be inaudible in Never Fade Away. <laughs> Rip. Oh, okay, I know exactly what mission that is. Actually, it's a good mission. Uh, and then oh, tweak default dead zone settings for for controllers. Hmm. Yeah, nice. quite a few updates. Yeah, um, a I've, I've got the update queued. I don't know why it didn't auto install while I was at work, um, but I got to wait Rip. until we finish this to update. <laughs> Otherwise, my bandwidth will be gone mm. and I won't be able to hear you guys. Yeah. So um, we also have a little bit of news kind of on the Final Fantasy VII remake front. Um, <clears throat> we talked last week a little bit about more of the... Uh, the anticipation of it coming soon, uh, at least the announcement for it for PS5, PS5 and uh, PC, those have been reignited with some quote-unquote industry insiders saying that it's going to be ported to PS5 very quickly. And this was specifically a reference to PS5, not PC, but it is still heavily uh, predicted that when it's uh, released for PS5 proper, it will have PC port as well. Though there's really not much being said about Xbox still. Um, and there's been some quote-unquote leaks that there should be some announcements next month. Um, and some people are theorizing that with the Final Fantasy XIV uh, expansion announcement on February 5th that they're going to sneak in. Allegedly. Final... Hmm? What do you mean? allegedly an announcement for the expansion it is just final fantasy 14 news there's nothing oh, well, solid about the expansion but it's a okay. easy to guess it's, what it's, it's not be. An officially an, an expansion announcement it's just big news announcement <laughs> but um it but, is yeah it is theorized that um that the final fantasy 7 is going to have some sort of announcement snuck in there with it um we'll just have to wait and see we don't have much in the way of Final Fantasy XIV updates this week, but I do want to remind everyone that next week is going to be our Final Fantasy XIV special, where we're going to be discussing our theories and expectations for the upcoming Final Fantasy XIV expansion a week before this announcement, and we will have a guest with us, our first guest star on the podcast, the Night Sky Prince, who will be discussing it with us. So make sure you tune in next week uh, to catch that. It's going to be a little bit earlier than usual. We're going to be starting it at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time, so it's going to be about two hours earlier. Um, and I'll be posting um, some infographs on our page, so you can go there to keep reminded. Um, so make sure you tune in then. The last thing that we have on here from our um, list is our RuneScape updates. <clears throat> still not a whole lot going on there. Um, it's still the 20th anniversary, so they've got something going on kind of all the time. Right now, they're highlighting mini-quests, so... Um, 
If you like mini quests, make sure you check in there because they have a lot of events going on for it. Um, and they're going to keep doing new things each week as we celebrate uh, 20 years of RuneScape. Um, the only other thing in there, they have added some ninja updates to the farming. So check that out as well. And remember that the Yak Track is going to close this weekend. So you need to finish that up ASAP. All right. So what have you been playing this week, Mr. Jaffrey? Working on that damn battle pass. Uh, and, uh, if the battle pass had a level for getting out of Velen, would you do it? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I am going to finish this this season and then not by the next one so I can go back and get out of fucking Velen. <laughs> and then, uh, so did, the meme uh, dies? Yeah, I don't want the meme to die. You can still, I mean, I think we need to keep it alive for as long as possible, but uh yeah that's the thing like that's what's been keeping me from playing anything else like i buy the stupid battle pass and I'm like oh no i gotta finish it i gotta finish it and then i end up buying the next one I'm like ah oh, crap why did i do that again see i lost so, interest in the battle pass when it became a war zone only thing like i like the regular multiplayer more me too and that's the thing like you can only do like three daily challenges like ah oh, crap i gotta go to war zone to complete more challenges like ugh. it's not that i don't like war zone it's just you know Sometimes you just want to play some capture the flag. Some exactly right. or domination with people That's... who only care about getting kills instead of actually capturing the fucking hills. Hey, hey, hey! Domination's my game. You know to ping me if you no, want no, to play no, no, some no, domination, no. and you never do yes. it. Okay, I thought you were going to say something else. I'm like, uh, I was for it, not against it. But no, no, yeah, you, I'm right. always telling you, just text me when you're playing, and I'll jump on never happens i know dude it's just i usually play like an hour and then straight to bed i could play for an hour jesus yeah jesus <laughs> no in casa <laughs> so what have you been playing doc uh i played a lot of final fantasy 14 this week i have nice. caught up through the base game i'm about to Woo! uh go into ishgard and Out start the tutorial the, start the uh i guess the rest of the game yeah. Well, fortunately, the current three expansions are as fast as the base game combined. So, yeah, you'll get through them pretty quick. It's um, I think that this is really where the story really picks up, though. I feel like the base game is oh, man, your that, foundation that and you know what's going on and you know how to play the game. And now it's just like awesome story and awesome raids and shit, you know? Yeah, now that that ending, like. I had so many oh shit moments. Like I only mentioned it like twice in the chat, hmm. but damn, that was yeah. not what I was expecting out of the end of that. So is Velen faster than all the expansions in FF14 or how does that work? Oh, I'll let you know because I did a Witcher this week and <laughs> I have gotten to Velen, so you better you better <laughs> get rolling because if I get out of Velen before you do <laughs> That's going to be the meme for the rest of eternity. <laughs> but you have to complete all the side quests, though. I mean, I'm working on it. Okay. Hmm. All right. Challenge accepted. What have you been playing there, Sasquatch? Uh, Besides been not playing... Cold War. 
<laughs> Fuck. I, uh, I already did a 30-minute rant in the middle of a previous episode about that beta. I don't think I need to say any more on how awful it is. Um, Some WoW. I've been playing a bit of WoW, mostly doing some raid stuff and Mythic Dungeons, kind of at the point where I no longer have to sink as much time into it, which is nice. Um, officially complete, completed everything in Final Fantasy XIV, save um, except for a few different Shadowbringers raids, like really just the near stuff left. And uh, after waiting 90 minutes in a queue, I uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I was texting you guys like I was while I was waiting in my queue, I was <laughs> I got distracted by a bard playing a whole bunch of random anime theme songs in game. So nice. I sat there for 90 minutes, no queue pop and logged off for the night. What were you uh, trying? Why so did I- you got to call me when this happens, unless it's like way late at night. I guess it was probably way late at night. Yeah, I guess I'm realizing now sure I have to go to bed early as shit since I have to get up early as shit. Y'all. Um, <clears throat> Fantasy Star Online 2, as usual, I enjoy the that style of gameplay loop. Doc doesn't enjoy the augmenting, but I don't enjoy the augmenting either. That's just there. It's, hey, uh, I said the <laughs> gameplay was fine. I liked the gameplay. Oh, it I know. I said the augmenting wasn't. <laughs> Nothing else it's, in that uh, game got my attention. Uh, Excel spreadsheet, the anime. That's pretty much what it is at that point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I sent I sent you a picture of that fucking tree for all the <laughs> augmenting I was doing. Good lord! I, I think there were a hundred and twelve different steps I had to do, and that's for one piece of gear, and I had to do that three times. I still have one more time to do. I thought some of my crafting spreadsheets for Final Fantasy fourteen were bad, but oh my oh. god, that was a that was hideous. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah, man. I mean, when you look at it and read it, it makes sense, but it's still just so much stuff you have to do. Yeah, and all of the all of those individual scares with the like items listed on them, those are individual pieces of gear that you're combining, uh-huh. and they all combine into one piece at the end with nothing left over. So, basically, Star Ocean. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Well, is um, is um, is Fantasy Star related to Star Ocean? Are they in the same universe? No, they are not. Oh, okay. but same. It's that weird same Japanese style crafting system. That yeah. Not simple like Final Fantasy fourteen or WoW or anything like that. No. <laughs> that's I. I love. That's one thing I love about Star Ocean though is I get I get lost in their crafting system sometimes. I've uh, also Literally. been playing a few gacha games on my phone. Uh, <laughs> Arx Knight and uh, Princess Connect Redive since the global release just came <laughs> out. Gotta collect them waifus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for my part, I haven't been really... I've RuneScape and Final Fantasy XIV it's, and barely. It's, uh, it's back to work for me this week, so I've been having a little free time. But I have been able to get some Final Fantasy time in, at least in some RuneScape time in, so I've got that going. I suppose. All right, so it looks like that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You can visit our main page at facebook.com slash darkfeathergaming. You can also check out all of our individual pages by checking out the description below or the comments, uh, and you'll see links there. And don't forget to tune in next week, two hours earlier than usual, for our Final Fantasy XIV special with the Night Sky Prince. Thank you, everyone, and have a great night. Good night. Later.